Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. Today on the podcast, I have a man who has, seems to have really mastered entrepreneurship in many different ways. Uh, my guest today owns a company called Focus GTS, which is Focus Global Talent Solutions. He's also a speaker. He's been published in various areas of entrepreneurship. Um, his staffing IT business is one hits the 1% mark. Um, and, and you're going def- to talk about this more, but the 1% of success over the last five years in that field for personal staffing. He's an entrepreneur. He's owned several businesses in, in various fields. Um, I'm really excited to talk to him because of the people that he talks about who his uh, who his mentors are i'm saying that all my english is is not so great today we're going to get better as we go uh, failure is part of success so um but when i was learning about him and he spoke about you know learning from people like grant cardone ty lopez tony robbins people that i admire that are up to powerful things in the world that are making a difference i really wanted to see how that trickles down and how my guest today is also making a difference in other people's lives. So my guest today is Dave Fox. Dave, welcome to the Dream Mason podcast. Thanks for being here. How's it going? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Really excited to uh, to participate in this. Have you uh, have you been on podcasts before? Yeah, I've been on a couple. Um, I actually, strangely enough, I have a friend who was doing a podcast that I was just on. Um, we were just recording in Denver last week. Nice. And then... Um, I've also, there is a podcast that's kind of the premier podcast in the staffing and recruiting industry, which is obviously the industry I've been and, uh, done a couple of episodes on that. Nice. I, I feel like I had to ask cause the last, I've done some episodes lately with people that I was surprised to find out they had never done a podcast before. And I, I it's like, we live in a world where everyone has a podcast. Um, yeah. and yet. Obviously, everyone doesn't have a podcast, but so many people that have so much brilliance and so much wisdom, it's like they, they've done so many things, speaking gigs, owned companies, done this, and they've never appeared. So I'm actually now curious to find out when this is the first time, you know, and I'm, and I'm bringing somebody into the fold. Um, will you tell us a little bit about, like, what is your company? Just give us a kind of summary, like, what is Focus GTS? What do you guys do? Yeah, so Focus GTS is a IT staffing and recruiting company that focuses on three really niche areas of technology. We do um, AI and data science, business intelligence and analytics, and um, and digital marketing technology. So basically I've been working in the industry for 10 years. Um, I was a global top producer at one of the largest companies in the world. And I moved down to Miami to actually, um, to start an office for them, but through a very interesting series of events, 
decided that I was just going to start my own company myself with my wife. And we actually started out of the second bedroom of our condo. And when we were deciding um, what areas to focus on, because you can just kind of do everything. But the problem with that is you need to have a real good value proposition to get into to certain companies because we work with big companies. Like some of my clients are Adobe, Twitter, Royal Caribbean, Sony. So I'm working with big companies. And to get in there, you have to have a value proposition that really shows them that you can find talent for them that is not easy to find. So we, we looked across a variety of different industries or areas of IT, I should say. And we realized that we needed to find areas that were growing rapidly. And there was a, a large differential between the um, supply of talent and the demand for talent. And that's why we picked those, those areas. Obviously, you know, AI is a huge one. Um, and it's probably the one that we're most excited about because it's just such a, a big thing right now. Um, but that's that's a little bit about us and what we do. And you said you work with your wife. How is yes. that? Um, it's interesting. I get that question all the time when people find out that. Um, so she she was actually in real estate. So we lived in New York City before we moved down to Miami. And she was in real estate um, and I was in, you know, recruiting. Um, and it's a very similar sales process because you're like matching, right? So she's matching people with um, homes and I'm matching people with jobs. So we always used to compare our, our careers and our sales cycles. And we just decided that, um, you know, it would make sense for us to do something together. Because when we moved down here, she was going to do uh, real estate. But the problem is that Miami literally like, I think 85% of individuals have a real estate license. And she was like, if I'm going to start over, I just don't know. So we just took this opportunity together and we work very well together. I think there's a lot of couples that it wouldn't work for them, but for us, it works, it works fantastic. Guys, what's up? This is Alex Terranova taking a little break for a second from that podcast episode to tell you about my book. I wrote a book. It's crazy, right? But it's for real, for real, for real, like for real, for real, for real. I wrote a book. It's called Fictional Authenticity release your past, start living your real life. So you guys can pick this book up right now on Amazon. Basically at 32 years old, I woke up. I saw that like everything I was living was a story and it was bullshit. And this book is my journey of realizing that the life I had created was this life that I envisioned as a child. And as a grown up, it wasn't real. It was imaginary and inauthentic, even though I felt like it was authentic. And I think we all have aspects of this. And that's why I wrote this book. I wrote this book for people who don't normally read personal development, self-help, whatnot, to, to just take you through my journey and what I did to really transform my life. And throughout the book, I give you practices, tools, and tips that you can do so you can do this in your life. It's called Fictional Authenticity. Release your past, start living your real life, and you can get it on Amazon now. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, I mean, I love that it's great and it's working. And I, what is, what has you guys created so that it does work? Because there's a lot of, I don't think this just applies to like, couples it can apply to like friends that go into business together but when we merge that you know personal and professional relationship sometimes things get wacky so how do yeah. you guys keep it i want to say like healthy and empowered so one of the things is to first off realize when it might become unhealthy so we like even recently we realized we're like man it feels like our entire life is our business which is which is kind of good because we're on this journey together but also it's like, we, there's a lot of other facets to our life than just our business. So we decided that, you know, after eight o'clock, we don't, um, we don't talk about business at all at home. 
Um, we've also done some, some other things like um, this whole year, we decided that we don't want to have our business affect our personal life. So we like don't keep our phones in our bedroom at all. Mm. Um, because not only because like they say, like, you know, looking at your phone before bed and stuff, but a lot of people will tend to like, look at that first thing in the morning yeah. and that can the whole day, you get a bad email and you just become reactive rather than proactive. So, so we just, those are some of the things we've implemented, but then at the actual office, we know what each other's strengths are. Um, and you'd mentioned, you know, Tony Robbins, um, who I'm a huge fan of, um, he says in a business, there's three types of people. There is the entrepreneur, the artist, who's really somebody that's great at their craft, and then the manager leader. And we understand where we fall in that spectrum. She's more of a manager leader. I'm more of an entrepreneur and a bit of an artist. So we know kind of who's responsible for what, and then we just let each other run with that. Did you guys have to, like, were there some rocky periods? Did you guys learn this over experience, or is it just kind of become natural? Did you guys go to like a like a Tony Robbins event and go, Oh, I'm that. And you know, we should, how did this kind of get figured out? So the way we started our business was actually really interesting. I had no intention of starting. I have a couple of smaller businesses on the side, but this is like my first like real enterprise that, you know, we want to grow and sell for over nine figures. Um, so this is, this is, this was an interesting one because I wasn't planning on starting my own staffing and recruiting business. Um, I was extremely well paid at the company that I was part of. I was a partner in that business. And like I said, I moved down to Miami to actually um, open an office for them. And what happened was I was, um, I was solicited by a guy online who was from the UK and that's where my company was based that I was part of, but they had a whole operation in, in the United States. So he was from the UK. He had built and sold multiple staffing agencies there and had moved to the United States and wanted to um, wanted to find a partner to build a company here and take advantage of the opportunity here and then sell it. So he approached me. He said, "Dave, I've heard great things about you. I think you'd be a good um, potential partner." And I wasn't interested at the time because, like I said, I was I was planning on opening an office here and you know was looking at different locations and things like that. But he was persistent, and over several Skype calls, phone calls, and and things like that, I decided that I was gonna I was gonna partner with this guy. So um, it was November of 2017 that I put in my notice at my company and they tried everything they could do to keep me. Um, but I said, no, I'm going to do this. And one, one thing that, you know, everything's a learning experience, right? And one thing I realized was I had met with this guy on Skype multiple times. I talked to him probably like a hundred times on the phone, planning this whole thing out before we actually got ready to go. But I had never actually met him in person. And it may be good when you're interviewing someone to work for you, but when you're going into a business partner with someone, you should actually meet them in person. <laughs> and the plan was the first week of December, he was going to come down here. We we're going to find an office. We we're going to interview some potential people to work for us. And then we we're going to get this thing launched. And he came down and strangely enough. So my wife, Brittany was actually back in New York, closing out the last final details of her last real estate deal there. So I'm meeting with this guy first and it only took me like 15 minutes to be like, there is no possible way I'm going to be partnering with this guy. Like he, he was, a, I don't know, there was just so many red flags, but she came back the next day and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't want to tell her that I don't think this guy's right. Cause what if I'm just like getting, you know, like afraid or something like that. I'm just totally misreading the situation. 
So I don't tell her a thing. And within like 10 minutes of her meeting him, she pulls me aside. She's like, there's no way you're partnering with this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole time that he was, he was there though, he was trying to get these computers into my apartment because he had brought all these computers down from North Carolina that he's going to store there. And I'm like, I cannot let this guy get these computers in my apartment or else I'm going to have to have a second date with him. And I never want to see him again. So I'm, I'm making excuses <laughs> all the time about why this isn't going to work. And uh, finally, I just tell him on the last day and it, it was kind of rough. He like threatened to sue me and stuff. Like it was ridiculous. So through that, you know, she had been there through that and, and kind of saw, and now we're in a real conundrum, right? Cause I thought I was going to have a partner and all of a sudden I don't have a partner. So that was, that was the issue that happened there. Um, so so we just decided that January 1st of 2018, we're like, we have to start a business. And, um, you know, we inked it, ordered some phones and just started calling through our network. And that's how, that's how everything got started. Nice. So through kind of a, a messy situation, tell me yeah. about, you know, you talked about some of the big companies that you work with. And I think that a lot of people, when they're starting businesses, you want to be working with big companies. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in people get very early on, they realize, wait, if I can be working with, you know, a Facebook, a Google, a Sony, um, you know, a big real estate company, whatever it is, I'll actually be making a lot more money. There's a bigger impact. There's a, I get to influence, you know, an audience that's bigger and then it trickles down. But I also find that those are often the hardest things for new entrepreneurs to get in. They don't know how, they don't know how to crack the code they don't know how to make that phone call or get in that world how yeah. how have you done that with your business so getting in in into the big clients it really had everything to do with the fact that we picked some very niche areas to work with right so in in the recruiting space it's it's interesting like when you're starting from scratch you need to go out and literally cold call managers at companies that hire and try to get them to work with you. And it's really hard because these people are getting 10, 15 solicitations a day. So you have, it, it's literally like you have a few seconds to stand out and convince them. So what we realized what we needed to do was we needed to be able to find talent in these really hard to find areas and then be able to go to them and be like, hey, I'm working with a candidate that's coming out of like Twitter, for instance, or, or one of these really good companies. They're looking for a new position. They've asked me to represent them. And um, I'm just wondering if you could use somebody like that on your team. And that kind of made sense to a lot of people. And that was our way to break in. Now, if I was going to them with something very general, like um, in IT, you know, like Java is a big coding language. So if I'm going to them and being like, hey, I can find you a Java developer that any company can find to them, they're going to be like, no, I don't need you. I already have a bunch of other people that can help. So it was really our strategy around picking very key areas of technology that allowed us to get in. And we're constantly keeping a pulse on, hey, what's hot? What's coming up? Where's other areas that we can exploit, uh, exploit this type of uh, differential between supply and demand and talent in the market? So you looked for what they wanted. So I yeah. think that's the cool piece is what I notice in the people that I work with or people that I you know just know, colleagues, whatnot. It's often yeah. like why we want to get in. Oh, I want to work with Facebook because of whatever. I want to work with this company for whatever. But what you did is you flipped it. You actually yeah. looked at like what 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 do they need? And then yeah. you actually went and provided them with that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and we 
and, and that was exactly it. And we weren't a hundred percent sure. And, and I mean, we're not by no means at a place where it's just like raining new clients, which is kind of the dream for, for everybody. But this has definitely worked very well for us. And then we've kind of taken it, our strategy from there. We're like, okay, this is a good entry point into, into these companies. Once we're in, then we can go and tell them that we can help them with the other stuff too, because it would be dumb to like leave that money on the table. But um, that was really the, the key is finding a good entry point in. What's been the, the, I mean, I, I looked at your, you know, I was, I was perusing your Instagram, which in the world we live in now, right. Tells us a lot about people. Um, yeah. you're a young guy, your wife is young also. Like what's the most challenging piece about like being young and being an entrepreneur and, and really getting this thing started on your own off the ground? Oh, I, okay. So I talk about this quite a bit. I think the biggest, most difficult thing, and it's not just being young and an entrepreneur, I think it's growing up in this day and age. I think people are preconditioned to getting things instantly. So like we've grown up in an age where, you know, we've had the internet and email and, you know, phones and, and everything's relatively instant. If somebody wants to communicate with me, it's right there. Um, people, like you said, post stuff on Instagram, it's all instant. But then there are certain things in life that aren't. And you grow up with this like precondition, seeing everything be instant, and then you bump into some of the things that aren't instant, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't make sense to a lot of people. So I think, um, and, and I think that's the reason why you see so many um, people from you know the generation I grew up in, and even nowadays more that are are just like so kind of lost in what they want to do is because like things like success, like um, you know being in great physical shape, all those things, they're not instant and everything else is. So it's just, it, it, it's really, really difficult to reconcile those things for a lot of people. And I've, I've dealt with that myself, you know, like we've had a tremendous start to this business. Um, again, you know, you, you, I mentioned Tony Robbins events. We went to business mastery and he says 1% of all businesses ever make a million dollars in, in revenue at all. Um, and that's, that's like, that's like, doesn't even mean they made a profit. And we, we blew past that in year one, which was really cool. But, um, you know, I still was like, I don't really feel like we've like done anything that great yet, you know? And it's just, again, just this kind of preconditioned uh, mindset of like everything should be instant. And I constantly have to tell myself that, you know, look at where you were, look at where you are now. You're not where you want to be, but you're a lot further than you were. So just like slow down and realize this isn't one of those instant things. So I think that's been like the biggest struggle yeah. is just like recognizing that and then dealing with it. Yeah. We have that misconception. Like we're, it's like we're distorted, right? We're like our perception of what reality is, is just totally twisted in a way because of, of social media and how fast we see everything. Um, yeah. And, and just to kind of like top that off, it's like, is that even really our fault? You know, like I think, I think, um, you know, it's just a product of what we've, we've, we've lived in. And I tell people all the time, cause I see it in people that work for me and, and people like that. I'm like, look, it's not your fault that you feel this way or have these type of like feelings towards things, but you have to realize that this isn't one of those things that's going to be instant. And you have to, once you realize it, then you can kind of deal with it. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's not our fault that it exists, right? Like we didn't invent, but yeah, we can take responsibility for how we play into it and who we're being about it. Like if we, if, um, 
if I notice I'm unhappy because I look at everybody's great life on social media and I think that's what reality is, like I'm not actually accepting that I'm comparing their highlight reel with my regular life versus yeah. my highlight reel with their highlight reel or whatever because it's all like then I have an opportunity to take responsibility like, wait, I'm doing this. I'm the one doing the comparing. I'm the one making up these stories and then yeah. I can do something different with it. But yeah, I'm not. Res- but it's there. It's and it's going to be there. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of it's out of our control. Get worse, too. Who knows what's next? Right. So yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Like I think with like virtual reality and stuff like that, people will have another place where they can basically escape to. That's going to be like basically that perfect world that you imagine. Right. So people, who knows, it's going to be pretty wild in the future. Well, and look, and with AI, like as, as artificial intelligence continues to like, at what point where will we have, you know, a robot in our, um, in our house? I don't know if you've seen, I actually just saw this and, um, Whitney Cummings has a new stand-up special. Have you seen this on Netflix? Uh, no, but I think she was on Joe Rogan's podcast or something. Okay, so Whitney Cummings, I think she's an amazing comedian, but she just had this new stand-up special. At the end of the stand-up special, she brings out a AI sex doll that is yeah. designed yeah. after yeah. her, yeah. and it communicates, and it processes, and... I mean, look how obsessed we are with our phones, right? Like if we can, if all of a sudden we have, forget about just the the sex aspect. Like if all of a sudden we have like robots that we interact with, we don't have to be with all our discomfort. We can just go and, you know, hide in our houses with these things. It's crazy what, what may or may not be happening. It's going to be really interesting to see how, because it's like, it's an experiment that's never been done. Nobody knows it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It could be, be good. And all of these things, they have good applications and bad applications, but it's just like, it's just like, um, you know, like when the drug companies come out with new drugs, right? They, they think it's going to treat something and, and it, it has good applications, but then all of a sudden there's somebody that has some weird side effects. So who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great point. We, we don't ever know. And I think that's where we get to be responsible. Like we get to decide, you know, if we're going to take for the, for that example, like if we're going to take that new drug, well, we don't we don't necessarily know, but we made the choice, right? Because we don't have to. Yo, I want to take one second to shout out and acknowledge the sponsor of this podcast. I am truly grateful for them, not just for sponsoring this podcast, but because this program changed my life. If you're looking for a spark, if you're looking for change, if you're looking for transformation, leadership training, or coach training, accomplishment coaching is really the world's finest training program. You should check it out at accomplishmentcoaching.com. I want to ask you about, you were talking about the journey and that, that process and you kind of, you shared how it's going well and you're not exactly where you want to be. And one of the things that I find for myself personally as, as a business owner, um, with the clients I work with, most two of our business owners are entrepreneurs is they struggle with celebrating the wins And enjoying the journey, even when it's going well, because they're not where they want to be. Yeah. Do you have any advice, tactics, strategies? Do you do that well? Do you not do it well? I think, I I, I don't know. I sometimes I think I do do it well. And other times I'm like, no. Um, It's interesting because like a lot of people go into business because they want financial success. Right. And, and I feel like there's two extremes on that. So like to bring it back to my wife and I, like we could have had like a real crazy um, 
problem in our marriage because she came from a family that was all about like spending everything that they ever got. And I came from a family that was like, for lack of another term, like cheap, right? <laughs> they wanted to save every penny, right? Okay. So like we could have like just clashed heads on that. But we've kind of come to a good balance where it's like, hey, let's 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 save money and and plan for the future and build this great life that we want. But let's also enjoy the journey along the way. So we do like, um, you know, travel quite a bit and things like that. And I think that that has helped us enjoy the journey. But like when I'm, you know, in kind of the same rut for a long time and in a very repetitive routine, I think it kind of wears on me a little bit. I'm like, you need to kind of celebrate something in some way, even if it's, if it's something small. Right. So, um, so yeah, I don't think I have a perfect balance of it, but, uh, I can definitely identify with that. Yeah. I find it's like one of the hardest things is like, I'll get, I'll have the best month I ever had and then I'll go, well, you know, that voice in my head will say, well, next month isn't going to be this good. And all of a sudden I've like stepped over that I crushed it. And now I'm already worried about the next month and trying to figure out how to make that month the the you know the best month which isn't actually realistic to think every month you have is going to be the best month you ever have then i mean i don't even know what that would mean (laughs) yeah i mean i think i think a lot of times people think like it should just be like a linear straight um you know like going straight up success chart if you if you plotted it across time right but in reality you know it's probably a little bit more like a stock, right? Like a stock can be going up, but there's a lot of like dips or like Bitcoin or something that you look at can just be drastic swings. But in the long haul, it's gone up pretty significantly. What do you, I know you said, or we started with in the introduction, I, we talked about, you know, mentors and people you learn from Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, Tony Robbins. Have you worked with any of these guys like or done their programs? Like how do you continue to develop yourself so you can continue to develop all the other areas of your life? So Grant Cardone was my original person that I started following. And basically when I realized that, um, so I realized that in my career, this was when I was working for someone else, I wanted to be the best, but I realized I needed to become a student of sales if I wanted to be the best. And that's how I stumbled upon Grant. And I had a moment that actually really changed my life was because um, when he probably like five years ago, four or five years ago, he wasn't as big as he is now. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he was in New York where I was living and this was when Snapchat was big. So I was like, Grant's here. I'd like to meet him. Right. So I just started snapping him. I was like, meet me, meet me. And, uh, you know, not getting a response. And then it was like a Friday. No, it was a Saturday night. And I'm out with, uh, with some people and out at dinner and all of a sudden, I get a message back from him. And he's like, I'm at this restaurant tonight. You should come come by or something, right? And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. But it was nowhere, like, it wasn't feasible for that to happen at that moment because I was, like, at somebody's birthday or something like that. So I knew it wasn't going to happen. But I was like, okay, cool. Where are you going to be tomorrow? Um, and he says, you're staying at the Plaza Hotel. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, um, I'll buy your coffee for you in the morning. What time are you up? He says he's up at 6. And I was like, cool, I'll, I'll be there. So I I arranged to meet him at the Starbucks and um, I wake up at five in the morning on a Sunday, which is super early on the weekend. I get up at that time right now um, during the week, but I don't get up that early on the weekend and it's raining and the train is down where I am and I have to walk to a different train in the rain and all this. I'm like, this kind of sucks, but I go and then I get to Starbucks and literally um, I send him a message and it's crickets, nothing. And I'm like, dang it, this guy stood me up with the heck, right? So um, 
I'm, I'm waiting there for like 30 minutes and finally I see a message from him and he's like, I'm on my way. So, so Grant shows up, I get him a coffee. He shows up with like a bodyguard. Literally, I get 30 minutes with him to just ask him questions just because I was persistent. That's um, awesome. And that was like a game changer for me because he gave me a lot of really cool advice on different things. And I'm, I'm thinking like this guy charges like $50,000 to speak for 30 minutes and I'm getting his time for free right now. So it was really, really valuable. Um, and he kind of became like the first met, like, and I don't have a personal relationship with him. It was just a one-off meeting. I've met him a couple other times. I'm an investor in Cardone Capital and things like that. So I've met him a few times, but this was like the only time I really got to one-on-one pick his brain. Um, so when that happened, you know, then when the 10X Growth Con happened, the first one he did, we went to that and, you know, we just kind of immersed ourselves in this. And that's how I um, found out about Ty Lopez and signed up for one of his things. And then I joined his mastermind group, which has been really, really powerful as well. And um, when we first started the business, like I said, it was completely by accident or unintended to start this business. So we realized pretty quickly that, hey, I know how to sell. I know how to do this this job. But like running a business is a little bit different. Now I have to deal with things like invoicing and insurance and, you know, all these different things. So I decided, or, or I actually got hit by a Facebook ad for Tony Robbins business mastery course. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is exactly what I need right now. So uh, my wife and I signed up for it and we went to Vegas last year. It was amazing. Um, and then we actually went to the second one in Amsterdam this year. And that was hands down the best money that I've spent. I think it was like probably like 25,000 for the two of us to go through both things. It was the best money I've spent in the last, like probably probably ever from a business perspective because wow. I felt like I got an MBA in 10 days. It was, it was insane. Well, that's a great testimonial. I I've always been curious about his program, but I haven't, I've only known a few people to do it, but that was. Yeah. We've implemented so much stuff from that into our business and it's nice. been very effective. I love the persistence. Like you're, you're the second or third of a few people I know, or I've met that have done that, like message, 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 somebody they really want to meet. And it's like crickets, crickets, crickets. And then eventually something happens and they get to meet that person. Um, and I think so many of us give up on that. It doesn't have to be meeting someone, right? It could be like, I really want this job and they never respond when I reach yeah. out, or I really want this person on my podcast and they never respond or they always say no. Um, and actually just being willing to keep going and not caring that there's crickets or they say no, that's really a testament to you know, who you are and what you're up to. Yeah. I mean, I think persistence is one thing that is that goes against that instant instant lifestyle that we've grown up with right so i think it's something that you really have to cultivate and like we work in in like in my industry you know i'm constantly pushing my people like we need to be persistent because you know that voicemail that you left like 10 times that you've never got a call back for they probably heard it you know that video that you put out on linkedin talking about you know your expertise somebody's seeing that and it may not return an immediate result, but like it's out there doing something. And if you're persistent and you keep going after it, the result's going to come. It's just a matter of time. And, and you know, whoever, whoever you don't lose until you quit basically. Mm. So you're in this place where you're like growing your business. You have a new office space. Um, I'm assuming, and you can share with me, like you're hiring employees or you you have some employees. Um, yeah. Is that right? 
Yeah, we have actually 11 people working for us now. Okay. So, so another area that I find that, again, I, I can relate to this personally, but I, I know, you know, clients of mine and, and colleagues of mine, where when we hit that point, especially this happens, I think, I mean, I think this happens in all stages of entrepreneurship, but I think it's extremely scary in the early stages of building a business when you know that you need to get the new space or you know that you need to hire a certain amount of people, but you don't actually have the capital or the resources to do it. And it's yeah. kind of a chicken or the egg. It's like, well, I need that thing to get the capital, but I need the capital to get the thing. But if you just sit in that space, nothing ever changes. Yeah. Will you speak to that? Like, how do you, how do you advise or, or what's been your, uh, your experience of actually kind of taking that leap, not knowing, right, what's going to happen next? Yeah, I mean, I think, so hiring the first person was scary, right? Um, because we were still out of our second bedroom. So I had three people actually coming to my apartment each day before we finally moved into a Regis office. And then, you know, eventually, like, three months ago, we moved into the office we're in now. That's going to kind of hold us for the foreseeable future. Um, but who knows, we might outgrow it. But um, you do, yeah, you run into these situations where you're just like, what am I going to do here? And this is this is what I found, okay? So, and, and I talked to a lot of people about this. When we started this business, every single time that I've had the most enjoyment out of it, was when we took a risk and really trusted that we could make something happen. Because I believe that when people put their back up against the wall and they don't really give themselves a lot of options, you're going to, you're, you're going to find a way to succeed. And, and Tony always says, he's like, Hey, if you want to take the Island, you got to burn the boats. And it's like some story about like, you know, this, I don't know when it was, but some people were trying to take over an Island and they sailed all the ships there and they burnt them so that they could actually take the island. So it's like, um, you know, when we when we were still in the Regis office, we were looking like, okay, we got to find an office. And we were paying like $2,500 a month in rent. And we started looking at offices and, you know, we're finding things for like 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, but nothing is really like something that I'm going to come to every day and be inspired in. And then we found this brand new building just down the street from where we were, where they were going to put in, they put in $400,000 um, to build out the office exactly how we want it. Like, like we told them everything we want. Like we have a kitchen in here. We have a studio. I put in a bookshelf for 900 books. Like we can just fill up with all this like knowledge and stuff like super cool. And, um, we were, but, but it was 11 grand a month and we're like, it, and it had way more space than we initially needed. And we were like, what are we going to do? Like, like, is this, is this the right move for us? And, you know, I, I got some counsel from, from actually, um, Kai Lopez's business partner in our mastermind, uh, Alex Mayer. And mm -hmm. he said, the big office is always the best move. <laughs> and we thought about it. And we were like, we look back and we're like every single time in this business where we've been challenged and felt like a little over our head is when we've been the most fulfilled. And, and we thought about, we were like, when we had to hire our first person, when we got our first deal, like when we got our first account, um, when we started like rolling out benefits and all this stuff for our employees. And, and we are like, you know what, there's no question that this is the right decision. And when we first um, signed up, for the, the lease, it was scary too. Cause it's like, it's a five-year lease. It's 
has a personal guarantee by me. So it's not just like the mm-hmm. company, like I've personally guaranteed about $600,000 of rent that I'm going to pay over five years. <laughs> that, that's kind of scary, right? Yeah. And, and I was like, but you know what? Like, let's do this. We know we can do this. We know we can make it happen. And, you know, we're in this place now. We've been three months. We're, we haven't gone bankrupt. It's still doing well. So we're like, let's, let's do this. So I think, I think you got to take those risks. Like really successful people take big risks. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen, guess what? You lose it all and you start again. But you learn, you learn. And nobody can ever take away the knowledge that, that you, you learn along the way with these experiences. So I always know I'm like, man, like, yeah, you, you take risks and you could lose everything. But guess what? I have no doubt that at this point in my life, I have all the tools to be able to recreate everything I've created and go further than I was before. If for some reason, everything fell apart. Wow. Uh, $600,000. Is that what it yeah. was? Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations yeah. for taking that risk. Um, yeah. And it's funny when we're in the situation, like when I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm like, he's so spot on. And then I know that when I find myself in those situations like that, that what just made so much sense that you talk about, like, Hey, put your back against the wall. You, you'll actually do it. But when you don't put your back against the wall, you don't do it. Yeah. If you have a way out, you're, you're kind of like setting yourself up for failure for sure. Yeah. Or, or just mediocrity, right? You might not fail. Like you might just stay. It's like, Hey, you have a hundred thousand dollar business and that might be great. Like if you're a solopreneur, that, that might be great for you, maybe 200,000. But if you're unwilling to do what you just described, take that risk, burn the boats, you're likely not going to get to, you know, a million or more and maybe very slowly incrementally, but you're not really going to be able to kind of land that big punch. Like you, you do have to take that big risk. And I think we, we get in that situation yeah. often we forget, you know, these, so thanks for sharing that. Thanks for doing it yourself too. And actually not just being someone who talks about it, but is like, yeah, yeah I don't have that business yet, but we're building it and yeah. I need to step up and, to the plate. There are a lot of talkers nowadays. So <laughs> that's very true. Right. Yeah. What's, what's the, um, it sounds like that's a challenge, but what is the biggest challenge that you find, you know, in not just in your business, but in your life, really like I'm looking at with you personally, like we all have that voice. I talked about the voice in my head, you know, what's the thing that you struggle with personally that you're most kind of dealing with that, you know, when you can get past it, it's just going to unlock another level of life for you. Yeah. You know what? I think part of it probably is discipline. And then the other thing is, I think really realizing that, you know, I deserve everything that, that, that has happened because I think a lot of times, like I've had like this fear, like, Hey, I'm going to lose everything that, that we've had. And I, I think it's funny because I talk to people like that and a lot of people feel that way. And it's like, I think that comes from a deep level of just knowing like I deserve, you know, a great life and everything that, that we're, we're creating in, in life. But, um, but the other thing is from a discipline standpoint, it's funny because um, my wife and I, and actually a group of 11 people started doing Andy Frisilla's 75 hard challenge. And I'm in the midst of it right now. I, are you familiar with, with the 75 hard? I'm not. What is it? So it's basically, it's, it's a challenge to create mental toughness. And what it is, is it's 75 days and you have to do five simple things. So the first one is, you have to pick a diet and follow it. They don't care what diet it is, but you cannot have cheat days. Like you need to stick to the diet. 
and you cannot drink any alcohol at all. So that's that's the first that's the first um, tenant of the of the program. The second one is you need to work out for 45 minutes two times per day, and one of the workouts has to be outside no matter what. So if it's raining, whatever, you need to get that workout in. The work has to get done. Um, so that's the second one. The third one is you need to drink one gallon of water a day. Um, the fourth one is you need to read 10 pages of a business or self-development book. And the fifth one is you need to take a picture, um, uh, a progress picture every single day. So I'm 45 days into this thing. And it's, it's not easy. Um, there's a lot of things that you have to say no to that you can't do, but I'm very certain that I'm going to finish. But strangely enough, of the 11 people we started with, there's only, um, there's only three of us left right now um, who haven't quit. So it's like, it's really designed to, to create mental toughness. And it's been quite a learning experience and really shown me that one, there's more time in the day than you think there is. And two, like, if you really commit to something that's hard, you can do it. And also that like tough things aren't forever either. So it's mm. been, um, it's been quite, quite a challenge. And it's been interesting to see people fall off because the rule is if you miss any one of those things, you need to restart from day one. And, um, luckily the three of us that are still doing this haven't had that situation, but we've had some people that have had to restart. We've had people that have restarted and quit. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really interesting experience. A lot of, you know, a lot, there's so many challenges out there, like, like these kinds of, especially social media and online challenges that people do. You see that we see them posted all the time. Obviously, there's the impact of like, hey, you're getting some exercise, you're doing these things. What do you see that like taking on challenges like this? Because sometimes I feel like, and I don't mean this one that you're doing, but sometimes I feel like people are doing challenges and it's like very ego driven. I'm going to do 20 videos a day for 20 days. And it's like, but for what? Like, who cares? Like, why are you doing this? Like, is it just so people pay attention to you? What do you see the value in like for you? Take How is this challenge going to make a difference in your life? Well, the funniest thing is like, yeah, there's a lot of people that do these things for like, just to kind of show up. I've noticed that since I've done it, I've posted much less than I ever posted on on Instagram or anything. Um, I post on my story once a day, just kind of showing that I'm still in it. But like, I've just, it's kind of gone by the wayside because I'm so focused on finishing this. And I, I think the real thing is when people do this, they need to know what their outcome is. I knew from day one that I can be mentally weak. And that I needed to mental toughness is something that I wanted to acquire okay. and that I, I could acquire. So that was my outcome from day one. Um, and I knew that, Hey, if I can do this for 75 days, yes, I'll physically transform because I'm, you know, working out so much and eating clean and all that stuff. But the real outcome that I was looking for is I think mentally I'm going to be a completely different person. And I can say 45 days in now, my mental capacity has changed tremendously. So I think it's really about knowing what's the outcome you're looking for. And if it's something superficial, that's when people aren't going to really get anything out of it. Cause you could, you know, you could, you could, you could do something like this and just kind of half-ass the workouts or whatever, but that's not going to create what you're actually doing. You need to go hard when you're doing something like this, if you want the right result and you have to know what that result is that you're, you're going after. Yeah. That's actually great. Like, thanks for breaking it down and looking at it. I think sometimes when people hire coaches or when they hire me, whatever it is, they sometimes are looking to like solve an instant problem. Like, Oh, I want to do this thing, but they haven't seen that. Like, what's that big breakthrough? And you just described 
uh, mental toughness. Like I'm doing this thing for 75 days because if I do it, it will actually shift this thing in my life likely forever. Yeah. Because what it's going to take for you to be the guy who does it for 75 days is going to have to unleash something. And I think that is really powerful. Like looking beyond what the, the, ins, the, the surface level kind of changes and going like, who am I going to have to be to accomplish this quote unquote challenge? And if it's just like showing up and turning on a camera or, you know, not eating sugar for 20 days, like it's probably not going to be all that much. You might have, you yeah. know, a moment, but it, you're going to go back to whatever you were doing after that. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Dave, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing, you know, your story, you, you know, sharing with your, like your life, the, I don't know if you knew I was going to get into the working with your, you know, your wife and, and the, the challenges and the things that you've been learning there. Um, and I love like some of those stories, like the Grant Cardone. And I I'm really appreciative. Like I've been looking at Tony Robbins business mastery and I know people are always looking at that. Right. So it's really cool to hear a really yeah. high like testimonial about that. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the biggest message that I have for people is just that, you know, there's really whatever people think is possible. You can do so much more. And, you know, I'm 33 right now, but I'm looking back and I'm like, dang, if I just knew what I knew in my, <laughs> like I was at a, I was at an event in Denver with a friend um, last week. It was actually a click funnels event by, by Russell Brunson. And it was so interesting. They had an 11 year old or a 13 year old kid on there. That's making like a million dollars online. <laughs> And I was just like, wow. I was just like, man, like how, like, and it's not about the money, but it's just about like, this kid is 13 and he's getting around these people now. Like imagine yeah. what's going to be possible for this, 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 this guy. Right. So it's just like, there is so much more that everybody's capable of than that they think. And it's just like, we got to get rid of these limiting beliefs and like really go after it because we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our families. We owe it to humanity to see what are we actually capable of. And I don't want to be that person that, you know, dies one day and is like, man, I had so much more in me. I just, I just kind of half-assed it the whole way. So, you know, that's, that's what I'd leave people with. I, I, I got to just like give you some kudos or credit for this because you just shared another, you know, event and program you go to and, um, it's a testament to like the success. Um, I ask, uh, I have a questionnaire that I ask people um, when they want to have a conversation with me about working together. And and one of the questions on there is, you know, if, what would it be worth, if you knew you could accomplish your goals and your dreams, how much would you invest in yourself every month? Yeah. And oh. now if you ask me that question, I'm like any amount, if I could have live my dreams, like put a number on it and I'd pay it, right. It'd be worth it. Cause it's not about the money. It's about the fulfillment and the satisfaction. Yeah. But you'd be, I, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I get things like $20, a hundred dollars a month. Like I'm oh. like, that's what you pay for a gym membership. Like, yeah. and it, and, and the thing that I really noticed you've spoken about it, not just with like, you know, the, the mastermind with, um, Ty Lopez, the business mastery I know is not cheap going to a Russell Brunson event. Like you actually invest in yourself. You're not buying. None of these people give you anything. They give you an no. experience. They give you an opportunity for you to go create some possibility, but you use your money to actually invest in yourself. And I think that's pretty extraordinary. And it's a testament to why you're successful, why you're willing to take risks. 
because you actually believe in yourself and you love yourself enough to say, Hey, I'm actually worth spending five, 10, 25 grand on myself. So thanks for being somebody like that because you know, that that's changing the world. People don't see that, but if you're willing to invest in yourself and care for yourself like that, you're able to have that, that big worldly impact. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. This has been, uh, this has been awesome. Yeah. Um, how do people, uh, if people want to reach out, if they want to learn more about your business, um, if they just want to reach out to you and stock you so they can try to get by you a cup of coffee one morning, how do they do that? So, um, our, our business website is focusgts.com. Um, my personal website is dayfoxceo.com. And that is the same, uh, handle that I have on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, so Dave Fox CEO is where you want to, want to get me. And somebody, somebody's already calling you. It's already happening. Yes, someone's already calling me. It just came through. <laughs> awesome. Dave, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks so much. All right, take care, man. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.